Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Rose on the bass. Of Robbie Weisberger on the keyboards. Mike Cohen on the saxophone. I forget anybody. Oh, yeah, my name's Alfred Rosenblum, ladies and gentlemen. It has been really real. Nachum, thank you. Miriam, thank you. Joey. This is for Gracie. You brought me up when I was down. Oh, yes, you did. to know that no matter where you ended up for now, Rabbi Nachman says, no matter what condition you're in, there's always a way back home. So, but it's up to you, because you got to take another chance. You can't be afraid. Take that extra chance. Come on. You can do it. You know why? Because we all get another chance. Lifetime. Avram Rosenblum, good morning to you. Hi. Great to see you. Good morning to everybody, especially to uh, our brothers and sisters Whew. in the Holy Land. Yeah. Lule Himanti, Virus Betuv Hashem, Virus Betuv Hashem, Be'eretz Chaim. 
Lulehimanti Liros Betuv Hashem Liros Betuv Hashem Be'eretz Chaim Kaveyel Hashem Chazak v'yameitz libecho Chazak v'yameitz libecho V'kaveyel Hashem Kaveyel Hashem Chazak v'yameitz libecho Chazakti amates libecho vekaveil Hashem lule hemanti liros betuv Hashem liros betuv Hashem beeretz chayim lule hemanti liros betuv Hashem. Aliros betuv Hashem be'eretz chayim kaveil Hashem chazak v'yameitz libecho chazak v'yameitz libecho v'kaveil Hashem kaveil Hashem chazak v'yameitz libecho. Join me here, Nachum. We were fortunate enough as a band back in the old days uh, to have a couple of uh, different contributing writers. Um, among them, was uh, Rabbi Moshe Shur, who's a dear old friend of mine. He wrote a couple of really great songs, a, a bunch of really great songs, I should say. And uh, this is one of them. It's called the Hine Anochi Shalech Lachem Eit Eliyah Hanavi. So this is about uh, joining hearts of children to their parents and grandparents, you know, getting it together in the family. I 
שיר לבבות. הלבנים ולבנים על אבותם. והשיב לבבות, הלבנים ולבנים על אבותם. The song is called Mekom Alam It's a tribute to uh, all of our teachers, all of our mentors. Here we go. Well, my heart's door is wide open teach me to learn teach me to learn help me fix what i have broken teach me to love teach me to love all my shadows follow closely but they fade And there's no secret I'm detecting Teach me to love Teach me to love In your wisdom You'll detect it Teach me to love And teach me to love You're a beacon On a hill to a new world, better still. Nicole, my love, die. Nicole, my love, die. 
Ladies and gentlemen around the world, it is a pleasure to enhance our Lagba Omer with Avraham Rosenblum and the Diasperados.
at home So Dick, cut the morning from Que eres mama no nisque She sulim, the face Hashem The face Hashem Sadiq, cut the morning from Que eres mama no nisque She sulim, the face Hashem The face Hashem J.M. in the A.M. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Um, Wasn't quite sure how to start today's show because we are going to spend some time speaking to our friends in Israel and just getting a perspective of uh, how much more the uh, sadness and mourning is in Israel. Uh, compared to the rest of the world. We're all feeling it, obviously, and we have the entire weekend. But um, yesterday was an official day of mourning in Israel and obviously a lot of funerals. Today, one would have to suspect, will be sort of a uh, people trying to get back into things day. And obviously, uh, uh, at some point this week, for most people, not the families, but for most people, life will get closer to a normal during these uh, crazy times. but uh, So I wasn't sure exactly how to open this morning's show, so I said to myself, you know what, let's just go back to Friday. We'll go back to a time, some of the uh, music fast, some of the music slow, where we uh, dealt with and spoke about, certainly, and um, and together, uh, together um, lamented what had happened in Israel. And at the same time, we included the live music for a toned down Lagbomer celebration. So we did all that Friday in a five-hour JMNAM spectacular, and I thank all of you for uh, tuning in and so many of you for your incredible comments about it. Um, and we figured that's how we'll start this morning. We'll start with Avram Rosenblum of the Diasperados. You heard Sadiq, you heard Hini Anochi, you heard Luli Hamanti, you heard uh, Afachta. Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song, Masach Hashem, and Regesh, of course. Mo Da'ani opening things up. And we say good morning. I'm trying to see what I didn't, uh, what didn't I mention? There was one song I think that we didn't, either didn't get to. Trying to figure it out. But, um, We certainly uh, relived this morning in the last half hour some of the incredible live music done by the incredible live super band that we had on Friday morning. A Lagba Omer that we we thought would be one of the best shows ever. We didn't realize it would be one of the most uh, important shows ever. As our uh, chairman Steve Adelsberg said when he walked out of the uh, studio in Rahway, New Jersey last Friday morning, He turned to me and he said, we needed you today. And I think what he meant was we needed this five hours of being together live with Jews from around the world feeling they could just 
be together and feel like a community. Very, very similar to um, the way people have reacted throughout the entire pandemic, frankly, turning to us to just feel as one. A lot of lonely people out there, a lot of people who don't live in lonely situations but just want to associate with and be with the fellow Jews around the world. And here we are. And my thanks to Avrami for the show he put together Saturday night. My thanks to Matis, who uh, did a very sensitive and, and wonderful show yesterday morning. And here we are on a Monday to kick off the uh, the hefty part of the week on JM in the AM. It's the 3rd of May to 21st of ER, the year 5781. Tufshin Pei Aleph. Today is day number 36 in the counting of the Omer. That is a five weeks and one day we are one week away from Yom Yerushalayim. We are two weeks away from Shavuos. And in fact, our Yom Yerushalayim special will air starting at 6 a.m. next Monday morning right here at JMNAM. I'm also proud of the fact that we have a special Yom Yerushalayim special that we prepared with Haterat Kohanim, which will air here next Monday at 9 a.m. It'll preempt Mayor Weingarten's uh, Israel show next week. And it'll also be made available everywhere, or I should say to everybody everywhere, through both the Atarat Kornim website and if you go to the back of the uh, Yom Yerushalayim Shavuos issue of Hamizrahi magazine, there's a QR code that'll take you to the show as well. So we have a Yom Yerushalayim special that we are going to be preparing and presenting next Monday for three hours, and then we have an Atarat Kornim Yom Yerushalayim special, which we've, we've already prepared, which will be on at 9 a.m. next uh, Monday morning. So <laughs> we're on to the next project, the next big day. And Yom Yerushalayim is, in fact, the big day. And then two weeks from today, as I said, uh, Shavuos uh, will be off the air and uh, observing the holiday. 61 degrees, 70% humidity, winds in northeast at uh, 6 miles an hour. Uh, cloudy today, periods of rain and a high of 65. Then tonight, periods of rain, a low 55. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high 71 degrees. Yushalayim is at 85. Wow. We're at 61 in New York City as we say uh, good morning at JM and the AM. 19 minutes before 7 o'clock. And uh, we'll go back to our regular music format, uh, Rabbi Yigal Siegel, who you've gotten to know over the years. He is not only my brother, he's uh, somebody who has served as a correspondent for us by living in Jerusalem for the last 16 years. He wrote a couple of texts to me, one very early Friday morning, one very early Sunday morning, that summed up the situation in Israel, and we'll speak with him coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Shlomo Katz, uh, who has been um, keeping us connected as well over the last few days, those of you who watch his videos, who see his Facebook posts, I'm sure you feel that way, he'll join us, no doubt, with some inspiring words during this difficult situation. That'll be about 7.35 this morning here at JM in the AM. So, unfortunately, a lot to talk about. We'll try to get to uh, as much as possible and uh, connect. You know, everybody comes to us to connect as a community. We call Israel and feature people who are in Israel to connect with our brothers and sisters in Israel, and we'll be doing that this morning right here at JM in the AM. Some Haliners next. 
Good morning. It's Monday. It's JM in the AM. So oh. 
חשבתי שחיי קשים מאוד, הרבה היה לי אך רציתי עוד, אבל כשקושי אמיתי ניצב, מתחיל לדעת מה חשוב עכשיו, לכן אמשיך Challenges have come my way I'm thinking over what I used to say Now I need to hold on to what I know inside There's all that I need Hashem always provides Yes, the Yaakov
Gershon Varoba, that's Sof Davar. Before that, you heard Sandy Shmueli and Chazak. We need Chazak, we need Chizuk, that's for sure. Yeshli Akol, that was Ari Goldwag. Kanfina Sharm, done by Simcha Liner. Monday morning, heading back to school and back to work. It's JM and the AM for a Monday on this May 3rd, the 21st of ER. Galit's on the background. Do our news from Israel coming up. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSigal.com and the NachumSigal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday is next. Boker Tov from JMN. Galit Sal, Yerushalayim, Ashashtayim, Baulpan Tal Shenhav, in Mashakorach Shav, Hamashber Apoliti, Rosham Shalanetanyahu Amar, Kiwodi Ale Bennett, שהוא מאשר ומסכים שהוא יכהן ראשון ברוטציה למשך שנה בראשות הממשלה. 
בתוך כך יושב ראש הציונות הדתית סמוטריץ' נפגש בצהריים עם הרב חיים דרוקמן ושורה של רבנים בציונות הדתית. בסיום פגישתם הבהיר הרב דרוקמן, עמדתנו לא השתנתה. עמדה של הרבנים, של הרבנים, שמתמידים בעמדה לא להשתמש במפלגת רע"מ להקמת הממשלה. ויושב ראש הציונות הדתית סמוטריץ' כתב בטוויטר לפני מספר דקות, האצבע שלי תישאר תקועה עמוק בסכר ותמנע את קריסת הציונות. בהקמת ממשלה שתישען על תומכי טרור ששוללים את קיומנו כמדינה יהודית, לדבריו. כתבנו יניר קוזין מוסיף שבעוד זמן קצר צפוי להתייחס יושב ראש ימינה בנט למשבר. נמשכת הירידה באבטלה עם פתיחת המשק. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה ניתאי ענבי עם נתוני הלשכה המרכזית לסטטיסטיקה. במחצית הראשונה של אפריל היו 320 אלף עובדים מובטלים ובחל"ת שהם 8 אחוזים, נתון טוב מהציפיות במערכת הכלכלית. לפי חוק, מ-20 במאי יקוצצו דמי האבטלה ב-10 אחוזים, ואם שיעור האבטלה ירד מתחת ל-7 אחוזים וחצי, ייפסק תשלום דמי האבטלה. בממשלה מגבשים תוכנית חלופית להתמודד עם מאות אלפי המובטלים שייוותרו. הפיגוע אמש באיתמר. הרמטכ"ל רב-אלוף אביב כוכבי ביקר הבוקר בזירת הפיגוע וקיים שם הערכת מצב. בתום ביקורו אמר הרמטכ"ל, צה"ל תגבר כוחות והרחיב את הפעילות המבצעית בשבועות האחרונים כחלק מן המוכנות להסלמה. יושב ראש מועצת יש"ע דוד אלחייני מתח ביקורת אצל אמיר איבגי ביומן הצהריים על התנהלות הממשלה. זה פיגוע מתוכנן, מדובר ברכב עם דרכי מילוט, מקומות מסתור, שהמטרה שלו לרצוח יהודים. אני חושב שיש פה מדיניות רופפת של ממשלת ישראל. כשיורים טיל בעזה בחמאס, אז מדינת ישראל ממהרת לזקוף, ממהרת לסגור את המרחב הימי. כשביהודה ושומרון יש פיגועים, היד של ראש ממשלת ישראל היא רכה, היא מלטפת. כתב אישום בגין תקיפה ממניע גזעני הוגש לבית משפט השלום בירושלים נגד תושב העיר בן 18. על פי כתב האישום לפני כשבוע וחצי הנאשם תקף בשעות הערב שני יהודים בעלי חזות חרדית בשל מוצאם. הפרקליטות מבקשת מבית המשפט להאריך את מעצרו עד לתום ההליכים. פרשת הונאה במרכז. תייר מרוסיה נעצר בחשד ששכפל כמאה כרטיסי אשראי באמצעים ששתל במספר כספומטים. מדווח כתבנו בתל אביב, בן נצר. על פי חשד, הגבר, תייר מרוסיה בן 42, התקין קורא לשכפול כרטיסים ומצלמות זעירות במספר העמדות למשיכת כספים ומשך באמצעותם עשרות אלפי שקלים. בדירתו מצאו החוקרים מעבדה עם ציוד זיוף רב ומאה כרטיסי אשראי משוכפלים. עוד נמצאו בדירתו מספר אביזרים להסוואה, והוא חשוד גם בשימוש בתעודות מזויפות. בכיר באיחוד, באיחוד האירופי המליץ הבוקר לאפשר לתיירים המחוסנים לקורונה להיכנס למדינות החברות באיחוד. כתבת חדשות החוץ, הילי קרן. הנציבות האירופית הודיעה כי ייתכן ובקרוב יורשו להיכנס לכל 27 המדינות החברות באיחוד האירופי אנשים שהתחסנו לקורונה בנוסף לאלו המגיעים ממדינות בהן התחלואה נמוכה. נזכיר כי עד כה האיחוד האירופי הותיר כניסה לשבע מדינות בלבד ובכך המלצה זו תרחיב את רשימת המדינות שבהן תיירים יכולים לבקר. ומזג האוויר חם מהרגיל עד שרבי בהרים ובפנים הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. J.M. and the A.M. That's our news from Israel, of course. Galay Tzal. Well, speaking of Israel, we we mentioned that um, that we would um, 
spend part of today, we're going to spend part of this morning with our brothers and sisters in Israel. Uh, Yesterday was a uh, very difficult day in Israel. You could imagine they had that Shabbos break between the tragedy and the start of the funerals. And then, of course, uh, yesterday, I can only imagine what the scene was like throughout Israel. And Shabbos break for some, obviously. Not for everybody. I can only imagine how many people were involved in dealing with the uh, with the victims and the families over Shabbos. Rabbi Yigal Siegel, who to us is our chief of staff, and he's an amazing brother, and uh, in, for these purposes, what might be most important, that he's been living in Jerusalem for the last 16 years, sent me, uh, and most of you know how articulate he is and uh, how how important it is to check in with him during significant good and bad events that happen in Israel. He sent me two texts. I alluded to this earlier this morning. On the Friday morning, when I assume he woke up, we'll find out how he found out about the news, but I'm assuming he woke up and heard the news. He sent me a text that um, that um, I'm just finding it right now. Can't describe the depths of this tragedy here. I'm sure no truer words have ever been said. And then Sunday morning, uh, early Sunday morning, I mean, I, I saw this, of course, Saturday night, so sometimes Saturday night. I'm assuming that he uh, sent this. Things are bad here. Many, many funerals. Um, there is not one stream of Orthodox Judaism that wasn't represented amongst the dead. And that might just sum it up. Rabbi Yigal Siegel is in Jerusalem. Yigal, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. Um Am I right that that's how, th- I mean, for us, I, quite obviously, you know, as I was heading to the Hatzalathon about, I don't know, six thirty seven p.m., the news started coming out of Israel because it happened at around midnight in Mehron, or, um, yeah, that makes sense, or uh, somewhere around there, maybe just before. Uh, am I right that you woke up to this news on Friday morning? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did not know about it Thursday night, and... Uh... You know what can I say? It's uh, it's something which is a, it really staggers. Um, it, I mean, you you can't you can't wrap your head around it. Still, I mean, uh, it's something which is going to take a long time to process for a lot of people. Oh, I can only imagine. And Friday, much different than yesterday, much different than today. I think for everybody around the world, again, at different degrees. You're on the spot. Obviously, it's much more. It's much more poignant, but I think for everybody, each day is you know different in terms of the thoughts, the reaction, etc. So Friday, you wrote to me. I couldn't. I can't imagine the uh, that that nobody around the world could imagine the the situation there. How would you describe what Friday was like? Was it more trauma and shock than sadness and mourning? Well, I think uh, Friday for for most of us who you know were not there and were just waiting, you know, there were so so many people that had not been identified before Shabbos, and you know, you just kept checking the list to see if you knew somebody or someone was connected to you in some way. I think that was part of the you know the process. Right. Yesterday was more of a a sad day, knowing that all these funerals had been happening already since you know even before Shabbos there were some funerals, and of course Monday Shabbos was. A tremendous amount, and then yesterday was were the last ones, and just uh, I think yesterday was more sad than Friday. 
Yeah, rightfully, yesterday was the true national day of mourning, as the Prime Minister had announced, because uh, the shock and trauma turned into so much sadness and mourning. Or by Egal Siegel's with us in Israel, and he's in Israel, he's in Jerusalem. I mean, I, 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 not that it's all about statistics, and you know, when you're uh, when you're six thousand miles away, often, unfortunately, it turns into numbers. But just just uh, for a moment, in terms of the Jerusalem piece, I, I don't know if if majority is the right word, but if in fact so many from, um, it, but it seems that, let's put it this way, it seems that a good number, unfortunately, of the victims were from Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at the list of Shiva houses, which I shared on Facebook this morning or yesterday, there's uh, most of the Shiva houses, at least, are in Yerushalayim. Obviously, you have, uh, and I think the, the Gestetner Shiva house is the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. I mean, like, I don't know who was here with him, but... Uh, right. People are sitting civil for him there. Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's an overwhelming feeling of helplessness, of sadness. You know, when things happen in Israel, you usually have someone to blame, and I, I mean to blame like it's a terrorist attack, or you know, God forbid, or any you know any of these things. You know, like oh, it's just you know, like these three these three kids were shot yesterday, so it was a terrorist attack. Here, there's no explanation for it. This is something which is. A horrible, horrible tragedy, a horrible situation which, you know, obviously people, their first reaction is we need answers, we need someone to blame, we need someone to say who's responsible, we need, you know, we need the Mayron to be closed for Vlog Bomer from now on. I mean, you know, there, there was this reaction, and personally I feel like, uh, you know, this is the time really not to react. Right. This is the time to step back and just wait and just yeah. let the families mourn. There's so many families mourning and just try and get a grasp on on uh, on on being as, as as supportive as possible for the people who passed away. And those families include families from the U.S. and from Canada and uh, all all around the world. Um, not not to uh, compare, thank God, because obviously there is no comparison. But there have been situations, frankly, where I have been. Uh, in big crowds, I'm talking about anywhere in the world, U.S., Israel, you know, where you've been in big crowds where you start to worry about your own safety. I think you described, I don't think I'm remembering this uh, incorrectly, I think you described to us at the funeral of Ravovadia how you yourself felt trapped in a way because of a large crowd. My point being that what happened on uh, on early Friday morning is is not an unusual occurrence in that, you know, when when there are big crowds, you start to worry about your own safety. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, Ravadji's funeral was at the Sanhedria Cemetery. I mean, obviously it was all over Yerushalayim, but right. at that time I was an active member of Hatzalah, so I was helping with, you know, with with just being, being available in case, God forbid, someone got sick or whatever it is at the actual cemetery. Right. And we had a situation there where, you know, there was a crush of people, and thank God, you know, it didn't get to the point of someone being hurt or, but it was for a couple of seconds there, you just feel helpless, like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, you know, right. these people are going to crush me. And, uh, you know, I, I was recalling to somebody, there's a, you know, th- this this ramp that they're describing up in Mayroom, to me, after hearing the description, it sounds like, you know, the ramp that, or, or the steps that one takes when you're walking, you know, through Shariafo, and then you uh, eventually get to a point 
where there are uh, stone steps and a you know and a, and a railing and you know at my age you got to be real and at my age and frankly when it's wet you have to be extra careful just walking down you know even if you even if you're by yourself and it and mm-hmm. and it seemed to me that that's sort of the the you know incline that people were on in Mayrone uh, it, it seemed like it was a wet surface for whatever reason not you know blaming anybody but it was a wet surface. And, uh, you know, steps going down, obviously people trying to be careful as they realize the situation. But, you know, at some point there is such a, you know, a sea of humanity, it's impossible to control. And, you know, like anybody knows from a traffic jam, if something happens toward the front, there's going to be a terrible domino effect. My point being that as, 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 and I, and obviously there has to be an investigation. I understand that, you know, precautions we wish would have been you know, in, in place or something like this. But, I mean, this is something that in a split second all of a sudden can occur just because of the circumstance that I just described. And I don't know, that that's what it seems happened here, that because of some, you know, stoppage toward the front of that crowd, all of a sudden in a split second or two, the most horrible thing occurred. And it, it probably wasn't, unfortunately, uh, and, I mean, not unfortunately, but it, it likely just wasn't even a, long process it probably happened in a matter of seconds where everybody was crushed and those who were able at that point to save themselves or escape you know turned into that into that mode and tried to escape oh yeah that's exactly what happened and uh, you know if you remember several years ago when um the great rabbi in B'nai Brak, rabbi Vosner, was at his funeral so several people were killed because of being crushed right. so it's not only in a situation where we had no idea what the situation was there Either, but you know, these this is you know something that could have potentially happened whenever there's so many people around. But I want to tell you that you know, as time goes on, we're going to hear more and more stories coming out of heroism yeah. of people who could have been killed. I mean, we already hear. Um, I heard stories already about you know police police officers who were able to pull people out, um, who were able to extricate themselves partially, but they would not have made it out if it wasn't for someone to be there to pull them out. So. You know, it's just, uh, look, it's an unbelievable thing. I think, you know, when I was going through the process of writing about uh, Shiva and about, and about mourning in general, I remember reading that, you know, one of the, one of the things that we, we tend to do right away is try and find answers. Like, you know, when our father passed away, right. you know, a lot of people <laughs> you know, to this day, are giving explanations, you know, what we're supposed to learn from it, why it happened, and I have nothing against them. Some of them might be very, very plausible. But I think at a certain point, you know, if we really, really, truly believe in an Almighty, and we believe that whatever He does is for good, then, you know, us coming up with answers, it's very nice that we have answers for ourselves. But who says we're right? You know, like, who says that? And, and trying to come up with an answer in a situation like this, where it's not like, you know, it's not like our enemies tried to destroy us, wasn't... Here you have religious men, all men, of course, because that's who goes to the Mayron, mostly men, um, from so many different streams of, of, of orthodoxy, you know, being together, celebrating, and, and, and all of a sudden this happens. It's just, there really is no explanation that we possibly can come up with, and I know people are going to try and do that, and people are going to, yeah, but it's it just sometimes... It's like we keep saying, it says in the Torah by Yidom Aaron, that Aaron, after his two sons were were killed, he kept quiet because yeah. there was no there yeah. was no questioning. And no, so I think, you know, if you really, you know, truly believe, it's the, 
there's a famous book that uh, was written by Rabbi Maurice Land that everyone knows, The Jewish Ways in Death and Mourning, but as I think I've said in the show before, he wrote another book called Consolation, right. which is an amazing book. And at the end of it, he quotes Rosolovitchik, where he talks about how if you look at a tapestry, how beautiful it looks from one side, if you turn it over and look on the other side, it's just a, a random collection of strings, of threads that don't look at all like they belong as part of beautiful trap the tapestry and that's you know we're seeing the threads we're seeing the strings that are being woven together by a power that we have no understanding of and yeah. i know it's easy to say this <laughs> believe me i have my questions and i have you know who's to blame and who's responsible and but uh you know ultimately the bottom line is you know and i hope i hope that the families can get some comfort over the next because I, I i just can't wrap my head around what they're going through now yeah, that's for sure. And the preciousness of life, we learn it again. We learn about the preciousness of life. We learn about one moment to the next, how one moment uh, a young man, a young child, can be enjoying the a, a great spiritual experience. Whatever you think of Mayron, it's certainly a great spiritual experience and one of great spiritual camaraderie. And the next moment, uh, unfortunately, could all be over. Rabbi Yigal Siegel, author of the book More Than a Tear, a Shiva Guide for Mourners and Consolers. He's with us live via telephone. Two last things. Were, were the two, and of course, every story's awful, but the two pairs of brothers, were they Jerusalemites? Um, I know at least one pair was, because their Shiva house is, is very close to where I'm standing right now. Yeah. Um, what a terrible... I don't remember about the other two. Not, not, not that every story isn't awful. Every story obviously is, and every family's going to be changed forever, but those stories are just... They hit you in the heart in a in a much more powerful way. Well, the the story that came out today, which is accompanied with a video, which, is, which tears your heart, is uh, the story of the Rebbe who took his son and... One of his students with him to Mayron, and as a as a prize, as a reward for being good students, and uh. and he and he, you know, tried his best to save them, and and they both passed away. And you see him at the shiva. I mean, he himself is sitting shiva, obviously, and he's in a wheelchair because he was injured. He comes to the house of his student's father to pay a shiva call. It's it's it tears your heart. I mean, it just it's it's unbelievable what this guy must be going through. The level of uh... The level of, of mourning is, is not to be believed. And finally, not really an attempt to end on a positive note, but I'm just curious if you if you know. Yesterday, somebody was actually found healthy and 100% fine who was missing since early Friday morning? Yeah, it was someone from Beersheba. Unbelievable. Who it seems that they said that in the past, he's also kind of like gone off on his own after like Bomer. Wow. So it could very well be he was in the forest, if anyone knows, the, right. the forest between Meron and Sad. Right. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who camp out there in Lagbomer and stuff like that. So could be he was just there, and, uh, you know, that was it. But thank God, yeah, he was found. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. It seems every story from every angle happened during this episode. Uh, unfortunately, the majority of them really terrible. Rabbi Yigal Siegel, he's in Jerusalem. Um, Jerusalem and, of course, the rest of the country. Uh, even after the official day of mourning, still in the throes of this terrible aftermath, the collective Jewish heart around the world continues to ache, as do we uh, here at JM in the AM. And um, we'll we'll speak more about this in a few minutes when Rabbi Shlomo Katz joins us from Efrat to discuss his perspective on all of this. Uh, Rabbi Yigal Siegel is author of the book More Than a Tear, a Shiva Guide for Mourners and Consolers, and unfortunately too many people are sitting Shiva 
at this moment. He's also chief of staff for us here, a Jerusalemite for the last 16 years, chief of staff at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Rabbi Yigal Siegel, I thank you, and we should speak on much better occasions. Thank you very much, sir. Monday morning broadcast, you're listening to JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Yehuda Green, of course. Monday morning, JM in the AM, back to school, back to work, and still focused, of course, on uh, the situation in Israel. Shlomo Katz will join us in the next few minutes here at JM in the AM. We'll talk about uh, what's happening in Israel. I want to remind everybody that our friends at Joma continue to uh, post videos that will be helpful uh, in terms of information regarding the COVID-19 vaccine. They have a video, I have antibodies, do I need to vaccinate? They have a video, COVID-19 for you, your family, for your future. COVID-19 for college teachers, doulas, and mikvah attendants. COVID-19 for healthcare professionals. Go to joma.org for information. You'll see that in the video and education section. Our friends at Yatar, short for ATV unit in Hebrew, is the only volunteer-based anti-terror unit under the command of the IDF and the Border Patrol. Highly trained anti-terror experts patrol and respond in hard-to-reach areas ripe for terrorism-related activities, something we saw yesterday in Israel, of course. We pray for the victims of that terrorist attack um, that happened yesterday. Um, Yatar also responds to fires and other emergencies in hard-to-reach areas. The country's only unit like this relies on generous donations from people like you to fund their highly specialized ATVs. If you haven't given yet, you can go to uh, charity.com slash Yatar Israel, charity with a D, dot com slash Yatar Israel. A couple of comments on the app. Uh, Devora says, of course, a terror attack last night and the additional two boys in emergency care adds to our worry and grief today. People should please say Tehillim for Yosef Ezreal ben Chaya Michal. Yosef Ezreal ben Chaya Michal, a boy still in critical condition from Meron. Yosef Ezreal ben Chaya Michal. And your help with that, of course, is greatly appreciated. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Torah. Love your friend just like yourself. The Talmud tells us, what does this mean? That this is the mitzvah. Zuhi kol ha-Torah. It is all of the Torah. Everything else is only commentary. Rebbe Chonon Wasserman asked the question, how is this possible? We know that there are many mitzvahs. Mitzvah of Tefillin, Mitzvah of Shabbos, Mitzvah of Kashras, Sukkah. How can it be that the Ahavtu Kamocha, loving your friend, is the only mitzvah? Rebbe Elchonen explains this in the following way. It says in Maseches Kedushin, Le'olam yire adam esatzmo, a person should always see themselves, ki'ilhu mechzachayev, half guilty, u'mechzachay, and half innocent. V'cholu olam kulo, not only ourselves as individuals, but the entire world, mechzachay, as if all of the Eden are half zakai, innocent, and half guilty. It is as though there is a giant scale in which all the deeds of Klau Yisroel, the good on one side, and chas v'sholom, the negative, on the other side. We have to view it as not only do I affect my own life if I choose to do a mitzvah, or chas v'sholom, choose to do an avera, if I choose to sin. But it affects the lives of everyone throughout the entire world. 
There is an interesting muscle that's given over. There were men that were on a boat. All of a sudden, there's one guy that takes out a power drill and begins to drill a hole underneath his seat in the floor of the boat. All of the people say, what are you doing? What's going on here? The guy says, what do you care what I do? It's only under my own seat. And the others say, yes, but when the water's going to start to come in and flood the boat and we're going to sink, it's going to affect all of us. The same is with the entire world. I could say, what is the difference if I do the mitzvah or I don't? Who cares if I go into my room and I do an Avera and nobody sees and nobody knows about it? It's not affecting anyone else. The truth is, all of our deeds affect the entire world. Certainly, with the tragic events of Lagba Omer and Miron, we have all been shaken to our core. And we understand that it is a call from Hashem to do tshuva. If a person sees that there are afflictions and pains and a tragedy has happened, in that case, the Talmud tells us that we, are obligated to start to look into our own lives, to inspect our lives, to see, are we doing all that we should? Is our lives in consonance with Torah and mitzvahs? Do we understand the Torah perspective on different issues and challenges in our life? That is what's required of all of us at this very moment. It is a definite call for all of us to be involved in the tshuva process. In the schus, of our doing tshuva. May it be an alias neshama for the helig and the fashos that unfortunately passed on in Miron. May it be a schus lahavdo ben chaim lechaim for all of those that are recuperating, those that need a refua from that evening. We read a very interesting pasuk in Echa. The pasuk is something that takes on new meaning. It says... Unfortunately, our dancing turned into mourning. That's what happened. However, there's another pasuk that each of us read every morning. Hashem, you changed our mourning and turned it into dancing. May we soon see the day that all of us will sing and dance together with the future Geula. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Bisuros tavos, Yeshuos v'nechamos. Amen, and my thanks, Rabbi Goldwasser. What important words on this uh, Monday morning broadcast as we continue to focus on our brothers and sisters in Israel. Rabbi Shlomo Katz, who's a dear friend, a rabbi in Efrat, and well-known for his incredible uh, teachings, and even more so, possibly, for his incredible music, that permeates the Jewish soul around the world, uh, is with us live via telephone. He's had some very important things to say, as uh, we all have been coming together in different form, including this one, over the last few days. Rip Shlomo Katz, welcome back to J... Rip Shlomo Katz. I'm not sure... I'm not sure what that was, and I apologize, folks, for that. Uh, welcome back to JM in the AM. You said something, and I don't know why I'm starting with this, but maybe it was just so effective the way it hit me. Someone asked you, one of the commentators that, or uh, one of the interviewers that you had spoken with over the last few days, asked you about um, dealing with the why of all of this, 
and again, I'm, I, I think I'm paraphrasing properly. I'm certainly not quoting properly. Uh, your reaction basically to me was, um, we're a people that lost six million in gas chambers. Um, we don't ask why. Right. We, uh, we we yeah. we try to move on and we try to uh, console our brothers and sisters, and uh, we leave the why to someone else. I start with that because there's been a tendency for a lot of why since Friday morning. I don't know what's happening in Israel, but certainly here I feel there's a tendency for the why and there's a tendency to question or to give answers as to why uh, God lets certain things happen the way he does and with the timing that he does. Uh, I think it's important to keep in mind that that's a question that will go unanswered and we need to keep that perspective, wouldn't you say? A million percent. I think that I, I heard it at a, I first heard it at a, at a shiva house many years ago. A horrible story of a, a mother of five who passed away, and someone was trying to console the family, and he said very simply, he said, Lama Yomru HaGoyim. Right? The, the question of why, it's not a Jewish question. Ashrei <laughs> Ha'am. He says, Lama Yomru HaGoyim. But then he said, Ashrei Ha'am Shekachalo. Meaning, that's who we are. Like, it doesn't mean... God forbid that you have to be quiet and not speak your heart, but understand that Lama, we have a lot of Lamas <laughs> in our arsenal. Yeah. Eliyahu Hanavi is going to be very busy. Like, Keiko doesn't just mean in the Gemara that Eliyahu Hanavi is going to come and solve all the Shilas between Abaye and Rafa and Rav and Shmuel. Eliyahu Hanavi is going to be answering a lot of Shilas, a lot of different Shilas. Shlomo Katz is with us from Israel. I mean, Rightfully so, especially those not, you know, very familiar with you uh, have been focusing on the fact that you were on your way to Mayron, and I get that. That's obviously, you know, uh, an important personal account that you could have been there, so to speak, and certainly that pachad, that fright, I'm sure has been through uh, through you and through so many others that were either on their way or just minutes before or after um, uh, were in Mayron. But let, let's focus more for this audience on the fact that you've been there before can you describe the elation can you describe the so, you know i i made a point friday when we still went ahead with the, with the music part of our log bomber special but obviously had a much more somber speaking part i made the point that log bomber is unique you know e- even purim which is such a uh, fabulously uh you know uh, 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 a, a wonderful celebration even holomoy that you feel you know a certain yunt of celebration there are there are, there are things that need to be done. There are requirements that need to be done, and therefore the day is sort of balanced. Lagbomer is one of those days that not only is it coming on the heels of Avelut, the whole first part of Sphira, but there's no other obligation, no suuda you have to worry about, no 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 mitzvot of the day that you have to be concerned with. It's just a day to get spiritually involved. Can you describe that elation when one goes from the first part of Sphira? to the celebration in Mayron? Absolutely not. And that's why I was having such a... I didn't even attempt to explain to CNN or I just spoke to NBC a few minutes ago. I can't even begin to explain what the joy of the day is. How do you, ex- how do you even explain what it means to bask in the light of Rabbi Shalom Bar Yochai? I think it's impossible. Those of you that have been there know that it is a different type of simcha that you cannot put into words, because if you stop someone and say to them, why are you so happy right now? 
<laughs> why are you jumping? Did you just do a siyam on the Zohar? Like, <laughs> I don't think that's why people go to Tereshim Bar Yochai. It's impossible to explain. Almost the same magnitude of how it's impossible to really explain the pain that we're in right now. Right. It's also impossible to explain that moment, that simcha. Those of you that saw that heartbreaking picture of Donnie Morris, all of a shalom. Yep. There's a, you know that you know what picture I'm talking about, Nachum. Oh, yeah? That picture yes. that was taken right. The the bliss in his eyes with thousands of people in the background. Yeah. This is stuff we can't understand. And I can't even imagine what his family is going through. And our thoughts, of course, are with them and so many others that are suffering this week of Shiva. Um, and the suffering will go on for quite a while. Uh, Shlomo Katz is with us. Um, we have, obviously, you know it, every time anything happens in Israel, the collective Jewish world and its collective Jewish heart aches in agony, but we are 6,000 miles away. In fact, I made a point. Some people know that I do a show in Israel uh, on radio there Sunday through Thursday, and I'm always mocked to make sure that they, you know, that they play my show. Uh, but when they reached me and told me what's going to be, you know, what what is expected, you know, Sunday and Monday of this week, I said, no, 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 no. I'm 6,000 miles away. I cannot capture the real mood of the country. You need to have someone local sit in for me and, you know, and speak to the people who are suffering the way the suffering is going on in Israel. That having been said, and that realization by those of us thousands of miles away, can you describe describe both the Avel, the terrible morning, and the incredible camaraderie of the last few days? I'll do my best. The Avel, we haven't even begun to process the Avel. That's the truth. There's still, you know, up till last night, there were Leviah preparations. And this week, we're going to be running around from Shiva to Shiva house. When you have a list of 45 Shiva houses, you're just busy running from Shiva to Shiva. Yeah. Processing has not begun. The pain here is not from this world, but I have been advocating very strongly for adults as well as teens and youth to seek out any help, any mental health help that you need. Because this is of, the, the, the tragedy here is of biblical proportions, and this is not stuff that any of us could ever prepare for. So people are reaching out and they are seeking help because it's, it's really, anyone that has watched, anyone that's looked at any of the images or have seen any of the footage, and I recommend not to, but anyone that has, you can't just continue your day. You can't just continue the thing. The pain is not from this world. So I'm even here alive, I'm, I'm just reaching out to, to and saying, if there was ever a time to take advantage of the incredibly dedicated people that we have in our country that have dedicated their lives in the field of mental health, it is now. And Baruch Hashem, we're very busy right now, very busy with orchestrating that and setting people up with professionals. And that's on the Ava, but I want to tell you something else, Nahum. This is just as important, and I feel it really strongly in my heart. Reb Shlomo Kavach used to always say a statement that used to drive me crazy. He always used to say, mm. the, the, uh, the six million opened tremendous gates for us. And I, he always said that the gates that the six million opened, I never understood what he meant until Meron. 
What happened right now in Am Yisrael, gates are open right now that I don't remember ever being open before. None of us would have chosen to open up gates like this, this way. But the fact that they're wide open, we must seek a way to walk through them. What gates am I talking about? On Friday afternoon in Tel Aviv, in Tel Aviv, by the beach, Mada, Magen David Adom, set up stands for blood donations for all the injured. Do you know that they, it was like the Mishkan where they had to turn people away, like Marbim Ha'am Lahavi, like they had to turn people away because the Tel Avivians, the people that were, they, you know, they're probably coming from the beach or going to the beach or whatnot, they were busy online giving their blood for Am Chayisra and further. This past Friday night was supposed to be the epic Friday night of the disco scene of the pubs in Tel Aviv that finally, post-pandemic, they were finally going to have their first major bash, major parties. A lot of money was put into these events. You know, they mamish canceled all these events in Tel Aviv on Friday night. Wow. Not because someone, not because someone twisted their arm. Not because they, uh, they came to a conclusion that it would look bad on a PR level. They couldn't. That is my people. That's your people. That is where things really, truly are at right now. And I want everyone to, to know about this and spread that word because these gates, I don't remember these gates being open like this before. And I just pray that we have enough humility to, to walk through them and admit that we, we really don't know how to get it together consciously we're to get together like this what what does it say about our tel aviv brothers and sisters and and how much do you hope that um that our orthodox brothers and sisters understand what you just said <laughs> honestly i hope that i understand what i just said let me start with me i really hope that when i talk to you in a week or when we schmooze in two weeks I'm I'm close to what I just said right now, as much as I am right now. Right, I hear that. <sighs> the Jewish people are a family that are unique. The Jewish nation, I don't think any other nation reacts to events like this the way we do, and that goes across the board as you just described. And I think it's so important yeah. to keep in mind. So important to keep in mind. Um, yeah. Shlomo Katz is with us. One of the, again, um, one of the things that has to be going through your mind constantly, unless I'm wrong and I'm, and I'm conjecturing incorrectly, I assume you've been on that ramp a million times. Am I right? I was just there. When was I there? Cholomot Pesach. I was there. That's a month. Cholomot Pesach. That's, I was up, yeah. It's exactly yeah. a month ago. We were just there. And on a, yeah. a day like that, there's, there is a, a relatively small crowd, right? Maybe there was 200 people, 250, yeah. And so yeah. you literally walked there and you know exactly. I mean, I, I, I had said to my brother, Rabbi Yigal Siegel, who was with us in the last half hour, he's a Jerusalemite for the last 16 years, as you know. I, I cited what he went through during Ravadja's funeral how for a few moments it, it, he was frightened that, you know, he would be crushed, you know, with the scene there in, in Jerusalem. I spoke of when walking to the Kotel, there is a, 
a a stone ramp that you're familiar with that if it in fact is wet and you're my age you walk very very gingerly i mean this sure. this is the exact same thing this is the exact same thing and we're you know where where people started i assume to you know at the front to just walk with more hesitation and just backed things up and unfortunately ended up in this terrible episode it's a um it's another lesson in the preciousness of life and just you know and i'm not condemning anybody here i'm just saying that how each of us has right. to has to you know god gives us life and we have to be so careful to protect it and to protect others and um again this is not an evaluation of what israeli public safety officials did or didn't do. I'm just saying that it, it's so vital. You mentioned this young man um, from our area who uh, who was killed in the episode. Um, you know, one minute you are enjoying a, a great spiritual experience and frankly something that you will tell people about for the rest of your life, and the next minute it's all over. And I, I think it's just an important thing to keep in mind. It, there are a lot of perspectives we need to get from this episode. That's certainly one of them. I think you're touching upon uh, a core here, Nakhon, like you always do. This is very, very important what you're bringing up. I want to take you back to Friday. We basically, Friday, 2 a.m., we're almost at Mehron, and then we get the call, start text messaging coming into the van that we were in, basically telling us it's not happening, something happened, you got to turn around. <laughs> Together with thousands of others, we began our journey back home to our home. Get home about 5 a.m., sleep for, I don't know, I don't even remember, probably two or three hours. And then uh, I get a call from Dov Lipman, our dear Chavar, Rabbi Dov Lipman, who is working for Amishrael day and night. Dov is work, Dov is an Evid of Amishrael. It's unbelievable. An Evid Hashem is. Dov calls me and says to me, Shlomo, uh, your Chavar from your Tehila, Eli Cronenberg, needs to come to Abu Kabir. Eli Cronenberg, those of you that know Rabbi Ira Cronenberg from New Jersey, from to say, right. Rabbi Ira Cronenberg is the grandfather of Donnie Morris. Right. Eli, his son, is Donnie's uncle. Right. And since there, were, there was no blood relatives in Israel, Eli was called to come to Abu Kabir. Abu Kabir is the center in Tel Aviv, which is basically the morgue where you come for purposes of identification. Right. Identifying bodies. So... We get to, I drove him there to Abu Kabir to tell him, I'm a Kohen, I can't walk into the building. So Dove takes him, we're outside, and I'm seeing all these families that with a desperate look in their life for a sign of life and perhaps a miracle, some kind of a sign of life that maybe it's a mistake, maybe it's a mistake and all they wanted was a sign that there's still a pulse, that maybe, maybe they are still breathing. It was a scene I'll never forget, and I haven't processed yet, but I'm actually also talking to someone professional to try to work this out. And you know what hit me so strong, Nachman, is what you just said. You know, we spent so much time on Friday, so many families were looking for a sign of life by people that are possibly dead or we're most probably not in this world. But can you imagine if we spent our days right now searching by people that are already living, but trying to find more signs of life in other people? Yep. <sighs> yeah, you're so right. You're so right. And I'll tell you one other, I'll tell you one other thing yeah. that comes to mind, and this is maybe a message for the older people, but really for anybody. 
Uh, we talk about wanting to do certain things, implementing certain things in our lives, especially spiritually. Do it today, everybody. Tomorrow sometimes doesn't work, as we've learned. Do it today. Tomorrow does not always work, and we need to keep that in mind. God has given us life and has lent it to us. He has not given it to us permanently. He has lent it to us. And you mentioned, by the way, Ellie and Ilana, um, the Abelow family, as you know, is one that we know for close to 50 years, and I should mention that uh, we are thinking of them and their extended family, of course, with the Morris family as they go through all of this. Uh, I, I, it's important for me to mention that for another reason, Shlomo, and that is that um, this is a tragedy that I don't think there's anybody in the Orthodox world that doesn't know a family or an extended family that's going through this trauma right now. I, I myself could cite five families I'm familiar with, and I'm sure you can yeah. as well. And I think that that's another piece to this is that, uh, yes, there are a lot of tragedies, and obviously every one of them affects us. But here it just right. hits so close to home. It's so hard not to be heartbroken. It's so hard not to be sad. It's so hard not to be with them in spirit as they go through all of this. And it's, and it's normal and it's healthy to be devastated. Yeah. It's normal and it's healthy to allow yourself to basically look up to Shemaim and be like, and you could say Lama without the expectation of having an answer. And but like you said, there's no house that hasn't been stricken here with some form of grief. Yeah. Um, everyone has a neighbor. I mean, when you look at the list, they sent out a list a few hours ago, or last night, I think, of the Shiva houses. I mean, it's throughout the neighborhoods of Beit Shemesh, of Beit Har, of Yerushalayim, of other. It's it's everywhere. This is everyone. You know, it says about Aaron Akoin, We learned the the din of Shloshim from the Oraisa, from the Torah, because it says when Aaron Akoin died. Is, I think it's Vayifkuis Aaron Shloshim Yom. All Every house in Amisel was hit. When Aaron Cohen died, it's the same thing here. There's the sense of everyone is in Avelut. And even though Bibi um, declared uh, one day of mourning, he, right. he didn't even have to because, yeah. you know. Oh, you, all knew, you, you knew that Sunday was going to be an impossible day. And uh, it sounds like it continues till today, maybe not uh, as strong. Obviously, as the week goes on, things will start to get a little bit back to normal and people will be able to continue the recovery from all this but uh it, but the, the the in the we knew we knew on friday how difficult shabbos and sunday would be for our brothers and sisters in israel finally shlomo and i don't know if this is an appropriate time to bring it up but i don't know for me it just it it, it, it hits me we talk about the uniqueness of the jewish people um it, my father used to talk about the, the 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 fact and then of course extended to a more you know, higher level, the fact of how the Jewish people rebound. I mean, there are terrorist attacks, some severe terrorist attacks, and you know this, that you'd walk in that area where it happened six hours later and you couldn't even tell there was an attack. And I bring this up because I wonder, we have a tradition, of course, and that is to bury the dead immediately or as soon as possible. Uh, that is our tradition, and it, and, it, and it is a tradition because of, because of kavod hamet. It is regarded as the uh, ultimate respect that one could have for someone who just passed away. And, and frankly, uh, I don't know exactly because you know of the nature of the disaster, but I would assume there were some funerals 
actually before Shabbat, I would assume. I don't know, but I would assume there were some. There were. Yeah. You're right. You're right. There were. And I wonder if, I wonder, and again, I don't mean to minimize the Kavod HaMate um, uh, 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 aspect, because believe me, there's nothing more important when someone passes away than to you know uh, quickly deal with them as quickly as one can within reason. But do you think sometimes that on a different level, there's a message in our tradition that we need to to do, of course, uh, our mourning, and we need to look at the past and experience the present, but especially us as a Jewish people, we need to get back to um, to moving on, so to speak, or to continue moving. That's a better way of putting it. I don't like the modern term of moving on. To continue moving as soon as possible as well. Do you think there's something to that? I actually like how you just re- like phrased that to continue moving. If you're moved on, then that's, right. that's a scary... Correct. Yeah, that's good what you do. I actually really like what you just said. Um, it's, you know, this is where halacha comes in, is the oxygen of the Jewish people. Halacha mandates these things. Halacha speaks about getting up and not continuing to stay in a state of mourning. Right. So we're, this is a Torah-driven uh, emotional process. Um, so because if it was up to us, I don't think anyone would move forward. Right. Or even attempt. Good point. Good point. It's good we have the Torah and the rabbis to give us a little push, actually. It's interesting. It's, it's, I think it's life-saving on yeah. every level because yeah. it really, especially in this situation, it would be too easy to sink into this on the level of, par- of, of becoming paralyzed. Yeah. I never thought our post Lagba Omer conversation would be about this, frankly. No, when did we we spoke? I think we spoke right Arab Lagba Omer. We were talking about what's happening in Efrat, and yeah. we're going to be with Avram Rosenblum. We were, sh- yeah. I mean, literally on Thursday night, uh, literally Thursday night before you went to Mayron, you and I were in touch about about how both right, right, how right. both of us would spend Lagba Omer. <laughs> but each each of us right. each of us jealous of the other other, frankly. That's right. <laughs> That's my much exactly that. I remember now. I forgot until you just went the phone. And then this happens, and the. It, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I went back to my text. I think we may have actually known about this before you even heard on the road what was going on, and you were minutes away from Mayron. The whole thing was just the way things move yeah. today. It's unbelievable the way the way things move, and it's so hard to be sensitive to the families because of the way the news comes out. And that's another reason why I think you know people collectively just feel this. Pain, sure. pain together again. I wish we could be a little oh. bit more sensitive during this era to the immediate families, but I, which is which is terrible that we can't be because of social media and how quickly the news gets around. But uh, but uh, there is something I'll, to I'll this. How, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll explain. I'll just share with you that that happened to what you just described. Just to give you the scene, I'm in the van, about to make a U-turn, and my brother is about to go on stage by in Woodmere for the Ash Kodesh Hebula by Rabbi Weinberger. And his sons had just left Mehron <sighs> a few minutes before. Oh. It's just like this. Oh. I mean, once it's, it's crazy. From Mehron to, 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 to Woodmere, back yeah. to the northern Israel. And this is how it was like for, for thousands of people. Unbelievable. Thousands. Yeah. Stay well, my friend, and keep inspiring the Jewish people. We need you now more than ever, as the expression goes. Amen, Nachum. Thank you. I miss you, and I hope that we get to 
be there for each other forever. Yeah, and I hope that. I mean, originally I, I thought we'd actually reunite in in Israel in the month of May. doesn't look likely now, but uh, I hope very soon. The one and only Rib Shlomo Katz. The one and only Rib Shlomo Katz who can um, help console the Jewish people and help console the entire world in the aftermath of this episode. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app.
jam in the AM. Leif Tahar, done by Aish. Before that, you heard uh, Shivchi. That was Rabshlomo Kalbach here at JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. I want to thank uh, Seth Levitt. Sent us a really nice note about Friday's show, how much he enjoyed it, and I appreciate that very, very much. You know what? We should do a set. We should do a set from uh, from Friday. Maybe we'll do Hafachta. Um, and I also have to thank Seth Levitt because Shabbos morning after shul, I was so in the mood for hard salami, <laughs> and I went straight to the porch, grabbed one of them, and it was spectacular. Seriously, A&H salami, hang them up in your garage, on your porch, wherever you hang them, and they are just spectacular. This one must have been sitting there for five weeks. It was so good, so good. I was just so in the mood. I actually... I actually used the trina that Morris Esses brought us on Friday. Thank you, Morris. I dipped the hard salami in that trina, and everyone started looking at me like, you could do that, hard salami? I said, yeah, it's good. It tastes great. So I just want to thank him very, very much for that. And this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman, kosher hot dog sausage and deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Want to thank uh, Harry Rothenberg. Tough day for everybody on Friday, especially for the Rothenberg family. They are very, very connected to a family that's suffering right now. I want to thank Harry for joining us Friday. Also for helping me remind everybody about the importance of partners in Torah. Those of you who are considering being a mentor, don't consider it any longer. Become one. Partnersintorah.org. Partnersintorah.org. Um become a partner and change someone's change someone's life by helping them explore more about our tradition and heritage. That's what it's all about. Partnersintorah.org, 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. Our friends at Art Scroll have a sale that's going on right now. It's called a set sale where every Chumash, uh, Nach, and um, Chumash, Nach, and Halacha, right? I believe it's those three. I'll check it in a moment. Where every one of those um, categories and sets are on sale at the 30% off and over a certain amount you get free shipping. Well, guess what? Guess what? If you uh, utilize the um, the promo code that we um, publicize, promo code radio, free shipping no matter what. So always use promo code radio when you're at artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio when you are at artscroll.com. You will get um, an amazing discount, and you'll get free shipping. Simple as that. Artscroll.com, no matter what you're ordering, always use promo code radio. Monday morning, here's a piece of Friday morning show for you with Diaspora, or I should say Alfred Rosenblum and the Diasperados at JM in the AM.
Sunshine on my mind is the 
Well, that's what it sounded like Friday during our Lagba Omer program. I don't want to call it celebration because it was a an extreme balance, as you know, those of you who were tuned in on Friday, between the uh, the Avel, the morning of what was going on in Israel, and at the same time, after all, it was Lagba Omer, and we had this incredible musical production planned, and we sort of balanced things out, and that was part of Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados uh, reliving one of the uh, most amazing and iconic selections in Jewish music history, Hafachta, here at JM and the AM, and I thank them very, very much for participating with us and making it a, uh, I, I was I was calling it, after all these thousands of shows I've done, I was calling it in advance one of the best shows ever. It ended up being one of the most important shows ever. So I thank him, and I thank everybody who participated. Monday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, day 36 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Well, as we look to the future, I um, <laughs> many of us who have been advocating for family-friendly entertainment, especially in this area, um, were very upset when the entire minor league season was canceled last year uh, because of COVID, and we were hoping that the local teams would survive, especially our beloved Brooklyn Cyclones because the Cyclones do provide for our community a lot of very family-friendly entertainment, a lot, on weekday nights and Sundays. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they actually have more offerings this year because of their schedule, which we're going to find out. The vice president of the Brooklyn Cyclones, who now play in Brooklyn Cyclones Park, don't worry, it's the same place, in Coney Island, is the uh, wonderful Steve Cohen, and he's with us live via telephone. Steve, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, too long. Can we declare you guys the winners of the 2020 season, or that would be inappropriate? <laughs> well, I think it rolls over. We won in 2019, so everything rolled over to 2021. Good. So I, I'm taking the championship for 2020 as well. Good point. You're thinking like I think. I like that. <laughs> I know. I so know. Th- I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> so now they are repeat champions and, <laughs> and defending a two-year run as champions. Now, now, first of all. What date, and maybe they did already, you'll tell me, what date do things start in your league? When did the Brooklyn Cyclones start to play? So we actually open up the season on Tuesday. Uh, we're on the road for two straight weeks. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, we're it's a little bit of an odd, odd schedule this year. But then we come home and open the season on May 18th, which is a Tuesday night. The two weeks on the road is, is on purpose because of some type of conflict or something? Or? No, not really a conflict. Um, we're actually, with the restructuring of, of minor league baseball, we actually are playing um, two teams in down south in, in Asheville, North Carolina, and then in um, Greenville. And so, uh, you know, I think just from a travel perspective, that's just the way it worked out this year. Yeah. So the team is actually going straight from spring training down in Florida and going north to, uh, to the Carolinas before they come up to, to Brooklyn. And once you're back in Brooklyn, will it be a relatively normal schedule? Oh, a few days home, a few days on the road, etc. Yeah. So this year, it actually takes on a little bit of a different um, structure. It, it's every Tuesday through Sunday will be a, a um, sort of a homestand or a road, uh, an away trip uh, with Mondays off, which which uh, is great for us. Um, right. But it's, this year's. Basically, we'll open up on the Tuesday, the 18th, play through that Sunday, have a Monday off, and then we're home again Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, I mean, it doesn't always balance out exactly on, off, you know, week by week. Um, like, But it, basically, they're in six-game sets this, this year instead well, of some of the 
one one road, one away, like you might have been used to in the past. I get it, and I'm looking at the May schedule right now. I mean, we have a lot of stuff going on, including a Memorial Day weekend. You have a Sunday game, which is really cool. I mean, you have a lot of offerings here for people in our community to come and just enjoy, as we call it, family-friendly entertainment. It is, it is. We're, we're really excited about the season, obviously being you know off last year. Um, it was disappointing. Um, we're opening up this year um, with about a close to roughly 25% capacity. Um, tickets are still, you know, reasonably priced in that 18 to $22 range. Um, just every Wednesday, well, no, I'm sorry, not every Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month this year is a uh, special buy one, get one free hot dog night. Mm. So that includes kosher hot dogs. Nice. Um, so it's a great, you know, it's a great way to come but come to a game and save some money. All right. Uh, Steve Cohen's with us, Vice President of Brooklyn Cyclones. 25% means what? What's the real number that you'll start with on May 18th? Uh, that will be just under 1,500 fans a game. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. And do you anticipate that it'll increase as the summer goes on? I think so. I think so. I mean, every day it seems like things are getting better. And, you know, I, I hope that the, um, you know, the numbers go up a little bit. And, and certainly, you know, as people get vaccinated or um, more and more, I'm hoping that, you know, some, some of those restrictions loosen up a little bit. We play until um, we one of the changes is that we actually go until mid-September now, right. um, which is a little different than historically where we ended Labor Day weekend. So that gives even more people a chance to come out and, and check out a game. Yeah, and one of the most popular weeks of the year for our community is the week of the 19th of July, and everyone knows that because Tisha B'Av will have just ended, and you are home six consecutive days right after that. So there's a lot of opportunities for our community to really take advantage and enjoy. A lot of July, a lot of home in August, and the reason you're deep in September now is because you're full. For those of us who know a little bit about about baseball, you're a full A team now? Full Right, so we used to be a short season um, A team. We've been elevated, so our players actually are a little more advanced in the minor league system. Um, We're a high A team Team, and that means we go from what was a 38-game home schedule to a 60. What this year it's going to be a 60-game home schedule, and then in the future it'll even be a little bit longer, 66 home games. Oh, I could point out some of these dates that are going to be really important to our community, but I'm sure you have somebody on staff who could do that for you as well. <laughs> I, yes, I, be- we I, I better speak to him because I think there's one or two I just noticed that even he may not have thought of. But all right, oh, let me know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I will mention to him if you don't mind that there that there's a reason to consider September the 16th as a big night, okay? September the 16th. Just okay. one thing I noticed. I wonder if he did. Uh, Steve Cohen's with us, Brooklyn Cyclones. Uh, have you been able to maintain ticket prices, or with everything going on, uh, missing an entire season, there's no choice but to raise them? Yeah, we, we within reason. I mean, we did go up a few dollars. Um, you know, we restructured some of the pricing so there's no like walk up extra pricing extra oh, cost right. day of game right. so uh, the average ticket price will be about a dollar or so more but considering you know we went last year kept yeah. full staff and um didn't play a game or you know make a dollar um, i think that's fairly reasonable so i'm hoping um you know i'm hoping that now that the, the weather's getting nice and people are um anxious to get outside and watch some good baseball they'll come and a lot of 20 of the guys on our roster right now are from the again because of the way it was out we now jumped to a high a right 20 of the, the players are going to be from our championship team from 2019 nice um that includes you know several hot very very high prospects so i think we'll have a good team and um boy yeah. the mets must be paying very much attention to your team this year 
I hope so. Yeah, yeah to say the <laughs> least. So. They, they've got some. They got some ringers coming up the ranks. That's right. I, I actually saw yesterday a player. Uh, they spoke about him on uh, on the game that the Yankees played. A Detroit Tiger player who went straight from A ball to the majors. Uh, because there was no minor leagues last year, he actually was able to make that jump. And, wow, and yeah, which, that's impressive. Which is pretty amazing. So who knows? You may have a player or two that are going to do the same thing. All right. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody minds the extra dollar or two because of the uh, uh, at the ticket price or anything else because everyone understands that you had a, an entire year off, unfortunately. But speaking of COVID, you know the big question, Steve. When one walks in May the 18th for the home opener, do they need anything more than evidence of vaccination? Uh, it's going to be, it's, you know, similar to all the other venues. It'll be evidence of vaccination, or if no vaccination, then one of the um, tests. Okay. That- so my vaccination card is sufficient. The reason I'm saying that is because a lot of people just don't want to go through the trouble of taking the test. If they're holding a vaccination card, you're saying they can come in no problem. Just get as long as they have that vaccination. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Great. That's exactly. it. That's really important. When when some of the major league teams made that switch, all of a sudden a lot more people wanted to go because they just don't want to deal with the pain of you know having to go get a test yep. before the game. Yep. So there you go. All right. And um, and what do people need to know? Brooklyncyclones.com. Is there anything else people need to know? Brooklyncyclones.com. Um, go on and uh, and you know get those tickets because of the limited capacity. I know yeah. opening day and some of those first weekend games are slowly disappearing. So um, grab the or, or grab that first Wednesday in May that we play on the 19th and get the Buy one, get one free hot dogs. If you, um, in all seriousness, if you, because of your track record of how many fans you do attract, um, you could, in theory, at 25%, sell out every game easily this year. No? Am I right about that? Or uh, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, obviously, there's, um, you know, I, I think we're going to do very well, and, yeah. and I think some of the big games are going to are going to disappear quickly. Um, you know, I think everybody has got that um you know, everyone's sort of just warming up to going out and, get, and going to events, but we'll, we'll be practicing all the, the, the safety protocols. And, right. um, you know, with 1,500 people in the ballpark, um, everyone's going to be spread out when they're sitting in, the, you know, sitting in their seats. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a great season one way. Um, whether, whether we get expanded capacity or we're limited for the whole summer, it'll be, right. it'll be a good year. May 18th uh, versus Hudson Valley. May 18th home opener at 6.30 that night. Yeah, and everyone keep in mind that Hudson Valley team is now the Yankees. Right. So it's, that rivalry is still there. Correct. And uh, it'll be it'll be the Yankees' first visit to Brooklyn. And we should mention, because this is important, especially when you got a big family, you want to save some money, every Tuesday night you're offering free parking for everybody. So Every Tuesday night's free parking, right. So if you're, right. Hold, if you're holding a ticket, that's the only evidence you need to get into the free parking lot. So keep that in mind as well. All right, Steve, if you think of anything else, just pass it along to us, and we'll pass it along to our listeners. We, wanna, we always like promoting family-friendly entertainment. The Cyclones are amazing. There's nothing like being there uh, in Coney Island, overlooking the water, uh, overlooking Astroland and having that view and having that incredible perspective on a beautiful May evening or a fantastic Sunday afternoon. And that's one of the reasons why you're one of the most popular teams around the country, frankly. So uh, we're looking forward to it. And I thank you so much for joining us this Thanks morning. Thanks for having me. Steve Cohen is vice president of the Cyclones. They begin very soon. They begin tomorrow. But their home schedule begins the 18th of May. We say good luck to the Cyclones as they embark on this, what is this, six, eight, uh, wait, what is this? This is a 12-game, 12 12-game 12 road 
trip to open the season. Wow. 12 game road. That's a, that's going to test their medal. A 12 game road trip to open the season. My gosh. More coming up. It's a Monday. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Avharacham on his um, Regesh in volume number seven. Monday morning, day 36 in the counting of the Omer. We're going to switch moods again. We went from the uh, discussion about Israel to our discussion about uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones. As I always find it important to discuss the family-friendly entertainment that they provide for our community. They start tomorrow night, but they start at home. On May the 18th, and now, of course, we're going to focus more on Israel as Mayor gets set for his show, which is coming up at 9 o'clock. I do want to remind you that next two weeks from now, there's no Israel show and there's no JM in the AM. It's Shavuos. A week from now, JM in the AM, Yom Yerushalayim special. That's Monday. A week from now, Yom Yerushalayim special. Plus, during the Israel show hour, uh, we're going to be airing the uh, Ateret Kohanim Yom Yerushalayim special that I did uh, for our friends at Ateret Kohanim. So that's happening between 9 and 10 next week. Mayer today, of course, has his new live edition of the Israel show. I don't even think I need to mention what the topics are. Uh, you can only imagine what Mayer uh, is preparing in the aftermath of what happened last week. Mayor Weingarten, shalom, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. So, uh, a million thoughts, I'm sure, are going through your mind mm-hmm. in the aftermath of the terrible Mayron tragedy, and as so many families are now sitting shiva and so many other families or thousands of families around the world are associated in some way, shape, or form with the families that have been affected. It's like, when we say international tragedy, truly an international tragedy yeah. for our community. Yeah. No yeah. other way to look at it. Um, ironically, and I don't even know if that's the right word, uh, but I'll use it. Ironically, as all this is happening in Israel, yesterday's terror attack, uh, we pray for the victims who are uh, in critical, those those who are still in critical condition. Uh, what happened Friday, we pray for the victims who are still in difficult uh, health circumstances, and obviously our thoughts with the families that are sitting shiva. With all this going on, you'd think that was enough. The Prime Minister of Israel only has less than two days left Mm-hmm. to actually form a government. If he doesn't do it in the next two days, he'll have to allow for someone else to try, correct? Yeah, I have a feeling I'm not going to have time to get to that, but uh, he, he just, um, a few hours ago, he offered um, Naftali Bennett to uh, have a rotation uh, premiership, wow. and that Naftali Bennett will go first. So I mean, what do, what does that tell us about the weak position that he's in right now? Exactly right. Wow. Whoever and would, whoever would Naftali, have thought that. Naftali Bennett turned him down. Wow. He said, I'm not your problem. I told you already. I'm not your problem. Your problem is uh, Smut, Ritzal Smutrich. Yeah. He, he's not going to agree to this uh, situation where the government will be 
uh, really leaning on uh, the Arab party to not vote. Meaning they, they yeah, have, to, to it, sit it out, to sit it out, right? To sit it out, right? Wow. And uh, with the, the, Tao, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This morning of Tao, who's the leader of what they call Yeshivot Hakav, um, and he has one in the Tzionut There's one person that's a representative of him. His he wrote a, a long letter saying. Better a government headed by Netanyahu with the outside support of the Arabs than a left-wing government. The, the, the most fascinating part to me, and, and I get why it's no big deal to him, I understand his reaction, is that Naftali Bennett turned down an opportunity to be prime minister. And I would assume that someone in his line of work, I assume that's been his goal for quite a while. So I know that under these circumstances he wouldn't accept it. I understand it. But still, when you are when you are tempted with that carrot and you turn it down, it's pretty interesting. But the, the, the key is that even if he accepted the offer, there still isn't enough. There aren't enough right. votes for a coalition. Right. Correct. So Netanyahu is offering, right. offering him something he doesn't have. Right, that's true. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I didn't even think of that. Right. right. In other words, you can be prime minister. The problem is I can't guarantee you that you're going to be prime minister. Right. I don't know that I have a government, but if I have a government, you can be the prime minister first for a year. And nobody trusts Netanyahu anyway anymore. Right. right. So, so that's another problem. Right, between the distrust and between the fact that he doesn't have the political power to <laughs> right, make it to make it happen. Are, right. Anything It's a complicated and convoluted situation. Speaking, and it's not going anywhere. Speaking of complicated, anything in advance of 9 a.m. that you want to tell us regarding Mayron? Well, uh, I I in my mind I have the conversation broken down to Stories of Achtus and caring for each other right. that come out of it, and uh, an, uh, an, uh, an uh, uh, understanding of what really goes on in Mayron, which I didn't have until now. Right. Who controls that? Who controls it? Who operates it? Who's in charge of the safety and, and security on Mayron? Why, you know, why could such a thing happen that? Um, it, 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 that nobody signs off on the um, on on the plans for the event. Right. Not from the police, not from the city engineers, or etc. So we'll delve a little bit into that. And and the the shocking thing is that in 2008, the Mivaker Medina, the state controller of Israel wrote all of this in a report and nothing was done. And three years ago, a journalist, a Haredi journalist who was there, wrote exactly this, the exit, the ramp from this place to this place. It is so bad, people are going to die three years ago. And again, nobody did anything. And the real miracle might be that... uh it didn't happen way before this. And that's what everybody says. Exactly the, right. That's and, the miracle. And, and the miracle is the heads of the police throughout all these years were interviewed, and they all said the same thing. At the end of every Lagba Omer, 
they thank God for the miracle that this didn't happen. And the real, real miracle, and I know that this is zero consolation for any family right now, but the real miracle might be that uh, there were only 45 dead because this could have been in numbers that other uh, religions at other holy sites in the world have seen, and that would be right. as unfathomable as all this is. That would be completely unfathomable. Yeah. Mayor Weingarten, uh, 9 o'clock for the Israel show. He'll include Meir Milim on the words Mutar and Asur. He will include the not-to-be-missed weekly Israeli music mix. And, of course, uh, we thank Mayor. He'll preempt the show next week to present our Yom Yushalayim special between 6 and 9 and then go into the Yom Yushalayim special we prepared for our Teret Kornim between 9 and 10. And then the following week is Shavuos. So after that, on the 24th of May, um, Mayor will please God return with a live edition of the Israel Show. Toda Raba, uh, Mar Weingarten. Toda Vishenit Vaser Vesarot Tavot Yeshuot Amen. Friday we had the incredible Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados. Here's what part of that sounded like when Avram started the morning in an unplugged fashion here at JM in the AM. especially to uh, our brothers and sisters Whew. in the Holy Land. Yeah. Lule Himanti Virus Betuv Hashem Virus Betuv Hashem Be'eretz Chaim Lule Himanti Virus betuv Hashem, Virus betuv Hashem, Be'eretz Chaim. Kavei El Hashem, Chazak v'yameitz libecha, Chazak v'yameitz libecha, V'kavei El Hashem, Kavei El Hashem, Chazak v'yameitz libecho, Chazak v'yameitz libecho, V'kavei El Hashem, Lulei Hemanti, Liros betuv Hashem, Liros betuv Hashem, Be'eretz Chaim, Lulehemanti Liros Betuv Hashem Ah Liros Betuv Hashem Be'eretz Chaim Kavei El Hashem Chazak v'yameitz libecho Chazak v'yameitz libecho V'kavei El Hashem, Kavei El Hashem, Chazak v'yameitz libecho, Chazak v'yameitz libecho. Join me here, Nachum. V'kavei El Hashem. What a way to open up that show on uh, Friday, boy. Kave El Hashem, Chazak V'yameitz Libecha. Wow. My thanks again to our friends of Mizrahi RZA, Religious Zionists of America. They were the um, 
sponsors, presenting sponsor of uh, our show this past Friday, the Lagba Omer celebration, which turned out to be a Lagba Omer very important morning for all of us to be together. So thank you, Mizrahi. Thank you to um, Rabbi Ari Rockoff and really everybody who had a role in the in the show. Much appreciated. Uh, a thank you as well to our sponsor, the Atar Organization. You know that we've been describing how they, uh, in a unique fashion through their ATVs, are providing additional security, in some cases security, not additional, uh, security for certain areas of Israel. Uh, if you haven't yet participated in their most recent ATV campaign, you can go to charity.com, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, charity.com slash Yatar Israel. And uh, you'd be able to participate in that way. Speaking of participation, um, in advance of the show that we did Friday morning, I was um, from um, about 8 o'clock until 12.30 in the morning on Thursday night at the Hatzalathon, and a tremendous kavod, a tremendous honor for me to have participated and to have been given the role as MC for the majority of that show. And I thank everybody very, very much for that. They have, um, until this point, they have had in their Hatzalathon, which ends in just over 11 hours. They are ending at 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. No more shows, no more concerts, no more pleas online. They are ending in 11 hours. They have an $18 million goal. They are at $16 million. 735,000, which is pretty amazing. They're going to hit 17 million probably in the early part of today, and they they actually might hit their $18 million goal, which would be amazing. Anyway, I mention this because some of the numbers associated with this campaign are staggering, and they really speak to the uh, unique achdus of the Jewish people. 77,000 donors. 77,000 donors. $16.7 million. They are trying to maintain 452 Hatzalah vehicles. They are trying to maintain a pace of 370,000 annual Hatzalah calls. Do the math. Do the math of what they're doing per day. They are trying to maintain over 7,000 active Hatzalah volunteers. Pretty amazing. Go to Hatzalathon.com. And again, my thanks to everybody there for including me. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com, ShopEichlers.com continue to offer some unique and amazing items in the world of Judaica with so many departments online. And one of their greatest features, same-day delivery. Yeah. Some of you might find that hard to believe. It's true. Same-day delivery in so many different neighborhoods of New York and New Jersey. ShopEichlers.com, check them out. Enjoy their great service and enjoy all of their online Judaica departments. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> That's an understatement. There's a lot going on. There really is a lot going on there. They have so much stuff there. It's amazing. So check it out and enjoy. Um, Mayor Weingarten is next. This will be his final live Israel show until the 24th of May, so pay careful attention. Next week is our Teret Koanim Yom Yushalayim special. The following week is Shavuos, so Mayor won't be on the air. Neither will we. We won't be on the air either in two weeks. It'll be Shavuos. 
Uh, so he'll be coming up. And tomorrow, of course, uh, we're here between 6 and 9 a.m. I want to thank Matis, a very meaningful show yesterday morning. More than one listener pointed that out to me, and I thank him. What a job he does on JM Sunday, especially on those weekends where we're together agonizing over news from Israel like we had on Friday. And a thank you to Avrami, great Saturday night seagull this past uh, Saturday night to kick things off for our weekend programming, and I thank him for that very, very much. Mayor next, then Yoni with uh, after further review. Uh, Jake will hopefully be returning soon. He's trying to work it out to continue to present on our network, and hopefully he will be doing that very, very soon. And I thank you all for your patience with that. A lot of people demanding that Jake and his commentary come back to our network ASAP, and Rightfully so. Achenu Yisrael and Achim brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AchimSingle.com and the AchimSingle Network. And of course, any beloved NSNF. Wraps up an amazing Monday here at JMN. Big thank you to Rabbi Yigal Siegel and Rabbi Shlomo Katz, who helped us in the aftermath of this tragedy from Israel. Big thank you to Steve Cohen, our friend from the Brooklyn Cyclones, who joined us. Good luck to the Cyclones. They start tomorrow. Their first home game is May the 18th at what now is being called Brooklyn Cyclones Park on Coney Island. Big attraction for our community for family-friendly entertainment. For those parts of the community that still allow family-friendly entertainment. That's a separate issue. Uh, And um, my thanks, of course, to Mayor Weingarten. He is next with The Israel Show. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present. Oh. You know what? And I have to thank, I apologize, in addition to our presenting sponsors that I mentioned, a big thank you to our chairman, Steve Adelsberg, and our New Jersey chair, Ralph Rosenbaum. Friday was amazing. I thank both of you and all of our sponsors. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>